Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy belated 4th of July for those who are in the States. This is such a special episode today because I am having a one-on-one conversation with a client of mine and we do such a deep dive into the patterns that she really wanted to start to clear out and how over the course of four Evox sessions, so literally just a month, how many things shifted for her. I am so excited about this because as I said, we kind of go through it with a fine tooth comb and I think it hopefully will continue to make it more and more clear for all of you what Evox is and how it can really help your day-to-day life in so many different ways. Before we jump into that, I just want to quickly share or reiterate a couple of announcements. First of all, last week was an amazing, an amazing week for me on a personal note, I think even on a career note, because I was a guest speaker on Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally's show, Cancer Conversations. We talked, we dove into my cancer story. We talked a lot about the treatments and the tests that I did there at the Cancer Center. And I will include a link to that conversation. It is a video, so you can watch the full video conversation of that. We also did a Q&A, about 20 minutes of Q&A at the end that I think is really interesting and worth tuning into a little bit. But then on Friday, I released my interview with Dr. Keneally on my podcast, which hopefully many of you have already tuned into. As I said at the start of that conversation, I really do think that that was a conversation with Dr. Keneally that not a lot of hosts are having with her, getting to talk about how I really believe my emotional, you know, my early childhood trauma was one of the biggest root causes to the turbulence, to the dis-ease, and ultimately to my disease. And clearing out and starting to clear out that trauma was had absolutely the biggest impact on my health of anything I've ever done. So it's such a unique, and I really do believe such an impactful conversation. If you have or you know someone who has cancer, please consider sending it along because I just think it can be so, so impactful. But even outside of cancer, emotional turbulence, emotional dis-ease can be affecting us in so many different ways. One of the things that came up in today's conversation, which you'll hear in just a second, is how this client was experiencing so many physical symptoms. IBS, doctors thought she might have lupus. And after a few sessions of Evox, so many of her physical symptoms started to clear. Really, really impactful. The last thing is I'll share is I was also a guest on another podcast that went live this week, the Learning to Glow podcast with Jess. She is another local small business owner. We had an amazing conversation 
all about Evox. So again, if for any who are listening who want to just continue to learn what is Evox, how can it help me? What's the technology? I will also link all three of those episodes down below. The Cancer Conversation, my podcast with Dr. Keneally, as well as my podcast episode on the Simply Learning to Glow with Jess. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait for you all to hear this client conversation. So let's get right into it. Okay, well, welcome to The Accrescent. This is so fun to have you on today. I'm so excited. So we're going to be talking about what I love about these client conversation episodes is it's a really great chance to dive in a little bit deeper into just some of the different ways that Evox has impacted your life in a positive way. And I know we'll get into this a bit more, but I think this is really helpful to do it in this vocal format because what I find so often with clients is we always come in with one really clear topic in mind. Maybe it's anger, maybe it's anxiety, mm-hmm. maybe it's certain patterns we're trying to break. But every single client always comes back and reports that that issue got better and also all these other things in their life improved (laughs) as well. But that's like really hard. I think sometimes to type out, it it gets really lengthy and just like a written testimonial. So that's what I love about this opportunity that this platform really presents for us. But just thank you so much for being here and being willing to share a little bit with us of your journey. Yeah, I'm so excited. So to start, I think as you know, as we both know, (laughs) we hit a variety of different topics. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you kind of take the lead of which topic that you came in for and that we worked through. Would you want to start with first kind of sharing? Yeah. So before doing, I, we did like a four rounds of sessions, like on this topic. And before this, I had done Evox before on different things, but I really wanted to focus on a whole month of, the notion that I did not really have any self-discipline I started noticing especially post-grad I just graduated from college that I have such a hard time completing tasks I've been having a hard time completing tasks for the past four years and every time I'm about to commit to something I immediately almost kind of generate like disappointment for myself and I just don't finish what I want to do and I went into Evox thinking like, oh yeah, like this is just not my personality and I'm just going to get it fixed and there's something going on in my brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it ended up being so much more deep than that. And it wasn't just about these like on the surface events happening in my life. It was stuff that was so, so rooted in my self-confidence and in my trust in myself. Mm -hmm. And towards the, probably the middle of doing those evox sessions weekly I realized the self-discipline wasn't about having oh not grit and determination yeah it wasn't I thought I was lazy like Mm -hmm. I thought I was so lazy and it ended up not being about motivation at all it ended up being oh I just don't trust myself like I don't have like a concrete baseline of trust for the things that I do or the things I want to be and etc etc yeah and then so let's puzzle this out a little bit, which is exactly what we did in the sessions. But really what came out of that work was, I think it was really twofold and we can dive into each of these Mm -hmm, a bit more. mm -hmm. One was my present day relationship with myself. And Mm -hmm. I think because I had had maybe a a number of years of not following through on things and maybe some 
low level self-sabotage. It was like my inner trust with myself of, I trust that I'm going to follow through. I trust that I'm going to do what I need to do to get these things done, etc. That was shaky within us. Yeah. But then that's like present day where we're at. Mm -hmm. And as you know, a big part of what we do and what we did was map out, okay, where did that pattern come from? Yeah. And as you recall, that took us back to childhood and I think more specifically we were, we were talking more about your relationship with your father yeah if you yeah. want to say more to that and then we'll I'll, I'll highlight here and there some of the things yeah so as we were kind of puzzling it out as we do um <laughs> I was kind of I was like okay where where did this pattern even come from because in terms of like my own success I've always been very academic I was always like I was a straight A student I was super on top of my thing so like it it never affected my school it was always having to do with my self-esteem or having to just uh accomplish things in like my career my personal life and I noticed that this pattern all started back when I was a kid because my father had a pattern of false promises um not even just to me but to himself and I would observe Mm -hmm. that over the course of 18 years and I noticed that every time he said that he was going to do something for himself or he was going to go to school again or he was going to complete this he never would complete it and when I would ask about it he'd be like oh you know it it fell through and and concurrently when we would do things together or when we had planned to do things together I should say it would also fall through so I kind of grew up with this pattern of it's okay for like for things to fall through and it is okay for things to fall through but I was shown that pattern so much that I never even really got an opportunity to like learn what it means to really follow through for yourself and Mm -hmm. to see that satisfaction and to see what that success looks like and I think a lot of that when I look back it makes a lot of sense that you know I was really scatterbrained as a kid and I procrastinated a lot and I was never good at like doing hobbies consistently like I would join an art class and that would go on for like four months and then I would stop like it was Mm -hmm. it was so present in my life and it's so wild to think that I I didn't really connect the dots until now yeah yeah and a couple things I really want to point out there one is this this false promises this not following through on things this like hyping something up and maybe tip like dipping our toe into it and then kind of forgetting about yeah. it. That's just what was modeled to you. Mm-hmm. So your little brain just starts to go, oh, I guess this is normal. Mm-hmm. I guess this mm-hmm. is kind of how things go. But a second piece that I really want to highlight, which I think we mapped back into your present day mm-hmm. life was, well, two things, I guess. One, that disappointment when he yeah. wouldn't follow through, especially with things related to you. Mm-hmm. He's going to take me here today. Mm-hmm. He's going to pick me up at this time and he wouldn't follow through, you got so used to the fallout and the disappointment. A hundred percent. Well, also too, and we talked about this a lot in our sessions, I grew very accustomed to this like excitement and disappointment cycle. Mm, High highs, low lows. Yeah. And I would get so excited as a kid for something. It, it, It could have been anything. It could have been my dad picking me up. It could have been oh, we're going to go on this trip. Oh, I'm going to get you this, blah, 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 whatever. And then that immediate fallout, that disappointment, when you think like disappointing a kid is so hurtful to Mm -hmm. them. Like just a kid being sad 
oh, it sucks. Yeah. And having to deal with that as a kid and then realizing that I was doing that pattern to myself where I would get so excited because I got a great idea in my mind or I wanted to, uh, you know, a great book idea or um, a place that I wanted to travel and save money for. Oh, I want to save money for this. I would almost immediately ruin it for myself and I'd be like, oh, well, no, I can't do that. Well, actually, like, no, I don't I don't need to do that. So I'm just going to squash the idea. And in a way, I, I kind of realized, oh, my God, like, I'm just re-disappointing little me again. Like, I'm doing the same thing that my parental figure is, was doing to me back then. And that was a huge waking moment to me of, like, hello, you've been doing this for yeah. 22 years. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, I think that was a big epiphany for you. Yeah. Kind of realizing, because a lot of it is we we start to sit with those emotions. At that age, you know, what did little me, what emotions did she have that she couldn't express? And we're letting those come up. Yeah. But then that naturally carries us over into, we've just sat with, you know, for however many minutes, this how much it hurt me that he did this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden when we go, holy shit, I'm treating myself the same way. Yes. It's like the light bulb goes on of, whoa, not only am I trying to heal from the wounds he inflicted, I'm actually inflicting the same wound on myself. Yeah. A hundred. And, and something I want to note too, that I, I just thought about right now is also in conjunction with that is kind of the downplaying of those emotions that mm. I did as a kid, that disappointment. Mm. I wouldn't ever show that I was truly disappointed. I would really downplay it and be like, oh, it's fine. It's whatever. And I would really push it down. And even now with the things that I'm not super self-disciplined in or the things that I want to do but kind of keep disappointing myself in, I downplay it a lot too. I'm like, oh, it's not that big of a I have so much time. I have this. I have that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I make up excuses mm -hmm. to not really show oh, you know, I'm really disappointed that I didn't follow through in that. Or, you know, in terms of my younger self, like, oh, I'm really disappointed that that never happened. And I was so excited for that. Yeah. And do you feel like as a way to sit with those mm -hmm. heavy emotions that were so chronic for you, did that take you more into kind of a dissociated state? I know we also have talked about that you had a lot of anxiety as a kid. So it might have been more like a fight flight state for you. Yeah, it was. A, or going back and forth. It was a very, you know what it was? It, I, I was just in fight or flight <laughs> over all of my childhood, it felt like. Because it was the sudden change. I, I It wasn't like I knew I would get excited and then oh, two weeks before we were supposed to travel somewhere, we canceled. It was always like the last minute, oh, mm. we're not going. Or, oh, yeah, I'm already two hours late to pick you up. I'm going to be two hours more late, mm -hmm. just letting you know. Like, it was never like preemptive, like, let me brace myself. It was, oh, this is not happening at all. Unpack your things, do this, do that. So it kind of put me in this state of, Change is not good. Change makes me really anxious. Mm, change is always coupled with pain. Change is always hurt. coupled with pain. And as I grew older and going to college and going to a really esteemed college, so many changes were happening and so many different things. And, you know, I'm an actor and a writer and I'm basically a freelancer. So I have to depend on myself to follow through and do mm -hmm. the things I want to do. And the job that I want is so exciting and it 
it has a lot of change that happens just in the industry or my career or anything. And I almost freeze the moment I have a great idea for a film or I have a great idea for something that I don't want to do with my career because I know instinctively like, oh, that means a big change. Ooh, mm-hmm. that could mean a lot of change last minute. Safe. Yeah, ch- it changes in my safety potentially mm-hmm. or, or how safe I feel in my own body. So I think that was when I was a kid, that was the biggest thing. It, it was this immediate like panic of, oh God, like, the plans are changing. The plans are changing. Yeah. And then I kind of just froze and was like, okay. And and that was my way of, of coping, I think, was just freezing and not really speaking out or, or doing anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And two things there. One, it makes so much sense. And this is why I love mapping out where these patterns come from, because mm-hmm. I think it allows us to have so much more empathy. It could be really easy as an adult to be like, what is wrong with me? Why does change upset yeah. me so much? Mm-hmm. Come on. So like, come on. This is good. This like is we start good. beating yeah. ourselves up <laughs> like something's wrong with us. But when we start to understand, no, as a kid, change never was coupled with something good. Yeah. And when you get that message over and over and over, the brain just goes, okay, change equals bad. Change equals hurt. Change equals disappointment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it makes so much sense as an adult, even though from the outside looking in, they might be really rudimentary things. You know, it might be something as simple as they change the restaurant we're going to eat dinner at, but it like still creates this pang of anxiety and fear that goes through me. And it actually makes so much more sense. But then once we understand that, we can bring in that empathy in those moments. And then of course, do the deeper work to clear out those deep things in the beginning. But the second point I really want to make there is it also became, and I know we talked about this in your sessions, I wanted to avoid the disappointment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I wanted to avoid that feeling so much so that it almost became like self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. I didn't want to start something and not follow through or I didn't want to start something and it didn't go well or it didn't achieve what I wanted it to and so then I kind of self-sabotage too to avoid the disappointment because it's it's like it's a sense of safety it kind of goes back to that like oh well, I'll never really know if it ended up being bad if I just kind of stop myself and let myself be in my comfort zone still, mm. which, you know, it worked for a few years because I was, you know, it's this, I mean, this all really started to uproot in college when so many different changes were happening and I was in my personal life, but also in my career of like, well, what do I want to do? And do I want to do this? And do I want to do that? Every single time that something would maybe come up that involved a sudden shift and change or a change of plans or a change in, of outlook in terms of what I wanted, mm-hmm. I immediately was like, no, 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 get into your bubble. No, because if something bad happens, you're not going to feel good. Mm-hmm. When really, I on the surface knew that, okay, I need change to happen so I can get to where I want to go. But it was almost like the little girl in me was like, oh, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> please don't. Let's Something just stay was- on the same track that we said that we yeah. were going to stay on. And I have a sometimes this p- tug and pull uh, between my 22-year-old self now and my 17-year-old self. Because mm-hmm. 17-year-old me, I I did not feel that lack of self-discipline and maybe it was just super really deep in my core and just was not coming out yet but I was such a hustler to get to the like that path that I wanted to go of being an actor and going to college and everything and then once I got to college my world opened up and I was like wait I don't have I'm a very multifaceted person I don't want just one single track 
career mm-hmm. path or everything. And that is when I think it all started to kind of show up again of the idea of, oh, I'm allowed to change. I'm allowed to change my direction. It doesn't have to be this exciting thing and then I get disappointed. It can just be exciting and I move on and I do different things. And that's been kind of the biggest thing I'm trying to learn now too. Yeah. And I wonder if a big part of after college is when the light got shown on some of these limiting patterns because yeah and I found this even for myself Mm -hmm. what's great is pretty much when you're all through school there's so much structure that's Uh externally given to you yeah and when you graduate college it really is one of the first times in our lives where it's like Oh, it's all on me. It's really, you feel like, I I tell my mom this, I'm like, I feel like I'm like in the ocean, like doggy paddling a little bit because you're right. And we talked about this, I think in the first ever like Evox sessions we did, I had a huge like fear of success and a Mm. huge fear of not having structure because school, even when I was a really anxious kid growing up, school was like my sanctuary because it was, I knew I had lunch at 1230. There was not false promises at school. Even at college, I knew my schedule. I made my schedule myself. I depended on that. And then once I graduated, not only was it, oh, I don't have a schedule anymore. I don't have a structure anymore. It was, oh, I have no one telling me what career path to take. I have no one telling me, oh, if you want to do this, you should do like that all stopped. And then I got into this kind of existential like, oh my God, I I have full autonomy. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Like that is so, and I I realized I was like, oh my God, I still sometimes feel like that kid that has to like ask for permission or, Mm. you know, like wait to see if something really is going to happen and like be good and and not get too excited and and whatever. Um, And having that realization of, oh, like the world is really my oyster right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can kind of do whatever was so liberating, but it was also so shocking at the same time that I think that was the catalyst to me starting to realize like, oh, why am I not completing tasks? Why am I not doing this? Why mm-hmm. why am I not following through in just like taking my daily walks? Like as little as that. Yeah, it's, and again, I think because of the structure that school often brings, mm-hmm. I don't think this pattern just magically showed up. I think yeah. it was always there. Mm-hmm. It's just because of our external environment, it was more dormant during yeah. those years. <laughs> and then once we got out of college, it was like, you have all these dreams, you have all these goals, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden our subconscious, our brain is going, shoot, I don't know how to like captain my own ship in this way. Yeah. I don't know how to follow through mm-hmm. consistently on my own dreams if no one's holding me accountable. And that's through no fault of your own because you were modeled the exact opposite. And I just think that is so, so important to highlight that yeah. sometimes these huge life shifts, it can all of a sudden feel like, wait a second, who am I? This isn't me. I know I can do this. 100%. But it, I think that can often be the case for a lot of us is it's, because of the shift in our environment or our climate, whatever it might be, the structure in our lives, our career, maybe some old limiting patterns that have been dormant just finally got brought to the surface. I totally agree. And you know, what's so funny is that sort of um, shock of like, oh, this is not who I am. Because I grew up, my both my parents are entrepreneurs. So they had that hustle mentality of get things done, get things done. And it, I didn't put two and two together 
until we started doing the Evox sessions of, oh yeah, my, my dad was an entrepreneur and he worked really hard, but he also had so many false promises himself and you can have that duality. Mm-hmm. And I like really struggled with that for a while because I was like, well, my parents are super hardworking, but why am I not completing tasks like them? But it was more of like, no, it just showed differently. Like in the ways that my dad did follow through with some of his stuff in his own businesses, he didn't follow through with me mm-hmm. or his personal life or his own personal ambitions. And it was so strange to kind of see that duality growing up. And then now as an adult, I kind of saw that pattern of, oh, well, I do so well in school and I do great in these auditions uh, and blah, 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 blah. And, oh, but how am I not still following through on my goals? And it's because of that duality that I saw as a kid too, which I thought, and that made kind of post-grad feel even more like, what? What yes. is going on? Yeah. Like, yeah, who yeah. am I? Is something, did something break inside of me? Because exactly. I am not like this. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay, so where I'd love to pivot to now is we've talked a little bit about this pattern and then we went and dove into it a bit deeper. But I'd Mm -hmm. love if you could paint the picture for us a little bit more. We talked about this Mm -hmm. pattern of false promises, but practically, what did that look like in in your day-to-day life? How was that showing up for you? How was that limiting you? So I think it really started to unravel, like we said before, once I graduated um, once I kind of lost that structure, it slowly kind of became known of like, oh, I am not, there's something wrong. And it started out more with, in terms of like my career stuff, I wouldn't really follow through and like, oh, I was supposed to email these people. I was supposed to start this new class. I didn't do that. Oh, I should have re-recorded that audition, but I just felt disappointed in myself. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Like, it's going to just make me more anxious and I may not even get it. Like, I would kind of go down this spiral of, like, almost convincing myself not to do something. And it dwindled down all the way towards, like, I wouldn't do my skincare routine every night anymore, which was like sacred to me. Like it it would it dwindled down so much that like I could barely trust that I was going to go to the grocery store when I said I was going to go to the grocery store in the week. So ranging from like the little things and the big things, little things being like I wouldn't get in my movement every day anymore. I wouldn't do my skincare routine, not because I didn't want to, but because there was like this it felt like there was this like block of like I would almost get anxiety about it. And Mm. I anytime always try and and find new creative things to do and ideas to write and, and maybe be a part of one day. And even if it's just daydreaming in my head and immediately when I would get those ideas, I would almost just shoot myself down and be like, no, well, that's just you're not you're too lazy, like you're too um, scatterbrained to do that. You're too, you don't know how to do anything because you can barely like do Mm. your workout in the day. Like that was the self-talk I would Uh have. And it went from these bigger dreams and bigger goals and careers and telling myself I couldn't do that because I'm not ready or I'm not equipped for that down to the like, well, why are you even doing your skincare routine? You don't like your skin right now it's not gonna get better tomorrow like mm, very like, all or nothing it, yes all or nothing and also too I kind of grew up with that I, I, I that mentality growing up from the adults around me it's like it's very 
we're going zero to a hundred or all or nothing and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was almost, I was having this like weird like stubbornness between me and my like self, my subconscious. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. So it was kind of those daily, it, but it was, it was daily. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where like I, I could barely get up and do work and I would just distract myself by being on TikTok for hours in bed and just <laughs> wasting the day away kind of. Yeah. Again, kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy of I don't want to be disappointed, but I'm actually more disappointed because I'm not showing up and doing these things. So a, yeah. couple, a couple of things I want to point out. One, um, we'll talk more about that all or nothing. Mm-hmm. But two, I think something, and this is something that will contrast to where you're at now, but I think the willpower it did take you and the energy it did take you to like hold firm and complete some things was immense is yeah. that right oh it took so much energy and the thing is too is and and when I look back even in college like there were certain things that I did that took like the wind out of me like just took so much energy for me and what would happen is I went from having like a very hustle mindset and getting x y and z done and being so on top of my things to not being able to do anything that like I would punish myself if I didn't get like the five things I wanted to get done. Like if I only got three out of the five done, oh, you can't watch that movie tonight because now you have to focus on this. And then I would end up not even focusing on it. And I would again be in my bed on TikTok just like groveling at like, oh, why didn't you complete that? Like you're so lazy. You're so this. Like I would fully punish myself. So it's, it's interesting that like, I was so like just exhausted all the time and my body started to really take a toll on it too. It was getting so much muscle pain and fatigue and lethargicness and like headaches. Gut issues. Yeah, I had so, oh my God, I had so many gut issues and like just I would wake up with headaches right away in the morning and it was probably because I was already stressed out about not even like the things that I wanted to do that day I was more stressed about, am I even going to complete any of this today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bringing it back to the all or nothing, it's kind of twofold. One, as soon as I miss the mark, whatever the mark was that I Mm -hmm. set for myself that day, as soon as I misstepped, it was like, okay, well, the day's a waste. Yes. Oh my God. And then the other piece of that though, which we were just talking about off air is you would push yourself so hard. Like Mm -hmm. every day I have to do 20 things and check them all off the list. And I think starting to realize that that wasn't necessarily always sustainable, but Mm -hmm. also the other piece I want to get to, which you just mentioned as well, is I wasn't even doing the things that would allow my mind, body, and spirit to show up in that way each day. Yeah, yeah. The question I have with that though is, and I don't know that I we've asked this before, do you feel like, it kind of snowballed downhill a little bit for you. Like right after college, maybe this pattern wasn't showing up so intensely, but as it started to show up more and more and then affect your confidence more and then affect your energy more, that's when some of the other daily habits started to slip. Like I just wasn't caring for myself physically as Mm -hmm. well anymore. Yeah, I, it was one of those things where, I almost like isolated myself in certain Mm -hmm. ways. Like I started to feel 
so bad about myself that I felt like I couldn't even deserve like taking a break and like reading for the rest of the night or like after five o'clock rolled around oh you know what I'm just gonna watch tv and read like I felt like I didn't even deserve that because I was so like just entranced with this notion of like I have to get every single thing done and if I don't get it done I'm failing and I'm not gonna get to this point and like I need to be ahead of schedule and I it really took a toll on me physically to the point where like I was losing sleep over it Mm -hmm. because I was so mad at myself I was disappointed and on top of that it made me realize like as as it was kind of nearing the end of like okay I, I need to evox this out I started to realize like oh god I, I don't even want to be around people like I don't even want to like I don't even deserve to like be social and I would isolate myself and it's crazy because from I, like a punishment perspective yeah and yeah. I started to do that um actually in the pandemic where in the pandemic I was really I just didn't know which way it was up as did many, many people. Mm. And I kind of started to fall short. And I feel like that was really the beginning of things unraveling. And I started to kind of isolate myself from social groups. I just like felt really in my shell. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I couldn't really trust people and I couldn't really trust everyone around me. And and on the bright side of that, it really helped me um, cut out any toxic friendships in my life that needed to be cut out it helps me kind of center back into myself and that isolation period definitely made me like more tuned into like okay what is really happening in my body but also concurrently it was that kind of self-hate of like well why aren't you doing this or you don't deserve to go out on a walk you barely got anything done today Mm. so it was it was so and it was so crazy (laughs) yes yes another thing well two things first I want to talk about overwhelm, but I want to talk about the physical symptoms because you actually just reminded me of this and you reminded me of during that four, that four week period, basically Mm -hmm. a month where Mm -hmm. you came in once a week for four weeks. I remember again, I think about halfway through you came in and you were like, I have felt so awful this last week, inflamed all over. My joints are hurting so bad. bad. It was bad. (laughs) And we had talked about you know, could there potentially be some emotional root causes Mm -hmm, to this? mm -hmm. Okay. So can you detail some of the symptoms that you were experiencing? Because I do think this is really interesting that your physical symptoms were starting to get worse and worse. And you had this one week where they were at like peak, peak intensity. You even went to the doctor, you were like getting checked for all these things. Yeah. So even before this round of Evox sessions, the past year, I had been just going through so many different changes in my body. I developed IBS, um, just chronic anxiety all the time. I had chronic fatigue. I was literally so tired. I could like barely get up at like 12 in the afternoon sometimes. It was miserable. And yeah, just like these weird aches and pains and it just never was really going away no matter what I was doing. And then as we started doing more evoc sessions, I started having these horrible pain flare-ups like in my shoulders and my arms specifically I went to the doctors they thought I had lupus 
rheumatoid arthritis was like the number one contender, like just so many different things. And it was just like built up, built up, built up pain. Um, and then finally, when I had an emotional release in my evox session, I think it was the third session. I remember I almost canceled that session because I was in so much pain that day. I didn't feel good, but I just went anyway. And I felt so much better afterwards. Like my pain was gone. It was really weird. I still kind of had some fatigue, but the like pain I was feeling in my fingers where like I, I could barely hold something, gone. Wow. It was so strange. Oh my gosh. It's just wild. And I know we've talked before even about like IBS and the gut, the emotions with the gut are yeah. often fear that are connected. And even what we've just touched on a little bit today mm-hmm. of how much fear you experienced through childhood. Yeah. Not knowing when my parent is coming, not being able to trust. Yeah. Yes, I think there can be a lot of emotional root causes, even to some of the physiological things we're experiencing. And sometimes it is as poignant and as pointed as that experience you had, where it's like, I came in, I feel awful. I leave, I feel completely different. Yeah, it was really strange. And I think those especially with the IBS and the gut issues. I think that was always kind of lingering throughout my life because I did have an interesting relationship with food when I was younger, but that could be a whole other episode. (laughs) Um, And so it's always been kind of lingering, but as I've gotten older and I think as this limiting belief of self-sabotage and false promises has been arising it's just been getting stronger and stronger those physical Mm. issues um and now the point I am at now I my gut has done like a full 180 I'm able to digest so much better but I think it's too I don't have that underlying anxiety as much as I used to like it's it's still it's still there but it's so much more manageable than how it was on a daily basis mm-hmm. that's so huge and I think that's a perfect pivot into one of the other things that came up in our sessions which is how overwhelming I think you felt in general mm-hmm. but also how overwhelming just the smallest everyday activities of daily living felt for you yeah yeah I've always had I an issue with feeling overwhelmed and feeling like especially like one of my main things with feeling overwhelmed was like oh there's not enough time in the day I'm feeling overwhelmed I can't finish everything so it would spiral to the point where like I I couldn't even get like basic tasks around the house done like laundry or like I would start it but I wouldn't complete it because I was so wrapped up in this emotion of like I'm feeling stuck I'm feeling like I'm in this like really tight tube and can't move like Mm -hmm. just this overwhelm that I felt and it was amplified after college because after college you just kind of get opened up into the whole wide world and you're kind of like what is going on and what am I doing um especially for me because I'm I'm an actor and I'm an artist and i you know, there's not really a, a linear career path for mm-hmm. me. I'm not going straight to law school or becoming a doctor or anything like that. So I was really um, overwhelmed by the fact that I had so much autonomy over my life now and I could choose so many different things I want to do with my life. And that feeling itself trickle down to just the daily tasks of the day of, oh, do I work on this? Do I work on that? should I do this? Well, should I rest and go here? Or should I work all day? Like, should I get a normal job? Like it was just so, it was the, it was the what ifs that were amplifying that overwhelmed Mm -hmm. emotion. 
there's so much even in just what you did, that little piece that you just said. One, which I think is big picture, maybe the brain going, okay, uh, maybe a limiting belief of there is one right choice I can make Mm -hmm, in terms mm -hmm. of the job I take, where I apply, this next thing I do. And so I'm afraid to make the wrong choice. But then also I think this comes back to having in a way repeated that pattern of the false promises with ourself. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of trust in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We didn't have this strong foundation of I show up for me, I protect me, I see me. And so I wonder too if our brain subconsciously consciously was like it feels like there's one right decision and I don't know that I trust myself to make that right decision. Yeah. So I'm just kind of in this limbo. Yeah, oh my god, it was such I I feel finally in this point a year after graduating almost a year after like my first ever evoc session I'm starting to feel like I'm out of that limbo now and it was such a weird space because I did feel like there was only one thing I could do Mm. and after studying one thing for so long in college I'm like all right cool this is my set career and I would get like overwhelmed by the fact that as I was going on with post-grad life I started to find so many other things that I was interested in and the universe was almost like showing me the different things that I could do and the different things that I was really good at and it scared the hell out of me Mm. because I was like no I'm an actor like I cannot (laughs) stray away from this like I've spent so long proving to people that I'm an actor and I'm doing this like I can't just change things I can't decide to also do something else and that was the limiting belief I held really really until recently Mm -hmm. of like I can only do that one thing and I realized that sticking to that track of mind was making me more overwhelmed versus letting myself explore different avenues letting myself be like oh yeah I can be an actor but I can produce too and I can write and I can sing and I can dance I can do all these other things since changing that mindset that overwhelm has diminished a ton because it's like oh well now there's not that much pressure and I have all the time in the world really mm-hmm. okay two things I want to point out one I just think it's so important to highlight how you were experiencing that overwhelm even with a simple daily task because mm-hmm. I think this is way more common than we initially think I have experienced this absolutely in my life I know so many friends, family members, clients who experience this. And it's, it can keep us in a bit of a downward spiral because you feel so bad about yourself. You're like, why can't I even just make myself breakfast? Like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I even just brush my teeth in the morning? And you really do start to feel like something is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is doing these things. No problem, which isn't true either. But then it also becomes this downward spiral that I'm I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so depleted that I can't do these daily things that are actually going to give me more energy, like mm-hmm. feed myself well, care for my mind, body, and spirit. So it does become this kind of nasty downward spiral effect that I just, I'm so glad you pointed it out. And I just really want to highlight that for the listeners that that is way more common than I think we think, but oh, yeah. it's not that you're lazy. It's not that something's broken inside of you. It's just... There's a little bit of a a storm going on in the subconscious and uh-huh. we just need to figure that out. But to that point, I gave you kind of a like a model or a framework to start to 
bring into your days? Mm -hmm. And can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think you found that really helpful with, you know, doing one task that's like this and one task that's... Yeah. Oh my God. It was so helpful because what you were saying before, that's exactly how I was. Like the overwhelm went from like big grandiose concepts and themes to like my daily life could barely make my bed in the morning and I felt so lazy and shitty about myself Mm -hmm. because I was like you know my I living with my mom my mom is such a hustler and I have other friends in my life that are go 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 and I just felt horrible at myself I'm like god why can't I be like them like there's something wrong with my brain but in actuality it was more of I'm not I'm I'm just not framing it in the way that I'm supposed to. So the exercise that you gave me that worked really well was to choose just two things a day to do. Just two, not 15 that I put on my planner. Um, And one of them is choose one thing that you want to do and would love to do and it would make you really happy. And then choose the other thing that you are kind of dreading doing, but you know if you do it it'll make you feel better and it will make you feel more at ease. Um, So like, for example, um, I remember one of the day, like the first days I started doing it was uh, the thing that I love to do is like, oh, go in the sauna blanket for 30 minutes. You love doing that and you feel great afterwards. And then the second thing that I didn't really want to do, but I was going to do it anyway, was my laundry. (laughs) Because (laughs) I hadn't done laundry for like three weeks. I was running out of clothes. And... Just by doing that every single day, it started to empower me because not only did it make me realize, oh, cool, I did these two things. Let me do two other things. It actually gave me the confidence that I needed to be like, oh, I can trust myself to write down these tasks and complete them. Mm -hmm. Like, let's see, let's tack on one more task. Mm -hmm. Let's tack on two more tasks that I would love to do today. And so it was kind of twofold where it like helped me kind of get out of that frame set that I felt lazy and unaccomplished. And it also just helped me realize that the only person getting in my way from doing these tasks was myself and it was the amount of pressure and overwhelm I was putting on myself and now I still do those two things every single day because it's helped me reframe and be like okay you know what even if I only did two things today that is okay because Mm -hmm. I'm trusting myself to get those things done and sooner or later I'll be at the point where I'm gonna have days where I'm gonna do lots of things and feel great and then I'm gonna have the days where I only need to do one thing and that's still a great accomplished day yeah I think it it accomplished a lot for you because it was kind of like you had had that pattern of only doing things halfway through Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so I think we just needed to get in the habit of completing tasks yeah yeah even if it was literally two tasks a day Mm -hmm. but to the point you're making you did those two and all of a sudden like the the confidence boost the motivation goes up the inspiration goes up And it gave you a lot of fuel to then go do some more things. The other thing I want to say is, I know you had said before, it was kind of getting to a point where you were almost like punishing yourself, like not letting yourself do anything that wasn't like quote unquote productive or work related. So you wouldn't let yourself take a sauna. You wouldn't let yourself go for a walk or go to the park or go shopping because I hadn't done all these things oh god no well and I think too part of the issue was I wanted to play Wonder Woman a little bit like I wanted to 
write down 15 things on my to-do list and accomplish all of those 15 things. So what would end up happening is I would either do 13 out of the 15 all half ass Uh and like not really complete them or I would finish like three of them and then feel so horrible about myself that the rest of my day and night was just like shot. Like I didn't do anything. I would just like doom scroll on TikTok or Instagram and like just sit and feel bad about myself or waste time talking to people and and not not waste time just more of like avoiding the feeling that I was feeling of just feeling so ashamed and doing that exercise was like oh my god I don't need to do 15 things in one day to feel good or to feel successful and even to feel worthy to feel worthy yeah and even even now like now I mean now it's July I still don't do 15 things a day like my max amount right now is like six (laughs) and I but I also too was like I was trying to especially this past year I was trying to replicate how I was when I was 18 and when I was 17 when I was applying to college apps and everything and I often forget that at that age I had way 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 less life responsibility than Mm -hmm. I do now so of course I had time to do all of those things I was you know half the time I was in la la land so I I could get a lot of those tasks done and and yeah so I was trying to replicate that for so many years and like I would get so confused I'm like how come years ago I could finish this like no problem and now I like can barely get up out of bed and it it was because it's like no you just you're in a different point in your life now and you don't have to subscribe to that hustle mentality of oh if I don't get this done I'm not successful and and also too I I had to remind myself the to-do list that I had and the to-do list of things that I needed to get done it wasn't make or break like if I didn't finish that one task for my work or for an acting class it wasn't gonna like stop the world you know Mm. like it really wasn't that big of a deal and as soon as I let go of that pressure I just started to kind of like breathe again and be like it's it's fine it's okay well and I'm seeing too that not only did we have maybe this came out of that pattern of false promises where I'm Mm -hmm. not following through on things for myself yeah but then there's also this piece kind of what of what you're saying of, I think, really conditional love with ourselves, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. all or nothing. If you mm-hmm. don't do all of this, I'm not going to care for you well today. Yeah. And that's huge. We think about what am I implicitly, what am I subconsciously communicating to myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my behaviors and in my actions? And I think so often we are communicating well, you're not good enough. So I'm going to talk mean to you today. Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, I'll speak to to one thing that I noticed too is, is now kind of after working through this for the past few months, I have made a commitment to have a really clear set in stone night routine mm. um, because I'm still working on my morning routine because <laughs> I do <laughs> like to sleep in. Um, but a few months ago, if I didn't complete my tasks or if I promised myself I was going to do something and didn't deliver or if someone promised me something and then I felt really bad after it didn't happen, I would again doom scroll all till the night and I would be so tired. I wouldn't take off my makeup. I wouldn't even allow myself to read or write or anything. I would literally still be in my sweats from the morning. I would just turn off the light and just go to bed and like Mm -hmm. not even allow myself to like take a deep breath. 
And the one thing that has helped me, I feel like every day now, is I have such a set night routine. I know, ex- and I'm I'm very strict with it now. I'm like, mm. if I did not complete what I wanted to complete today, I don't care. But no matter what, at 9.30 on the dot, I'm starting to wind down. And that has helped me so, so, so much because I'm sleeping better now. I'm not anxious about the things that I didn't get done whilst I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. And when I wake up in the morning, I feel so confident again of like, oh, you know, I really took care of myself last night. I'm ready to start my day. Yes. Whereas before you had maybe kind of an off day, which is then spilling into the next day because we stayed up late and didn't care for oh, ourselves. Yeah. And then it just it like ended up being said, months. It becomes, <laughs> yeah, it becomes this like downward spiral that yeah. could last yeah. days, weeks, maybe even months. Okay. I want to now pivot to let's map out how some of these things started to shift. We've talked a lot about where we were before. Let's talk about where we've gotten to in terms of these patterns. There's a couple things. How working on false promises, working on unconditional love with myself has affected maybe career has affected just the day-to-day, like simple day-to-day. And then I'd also love to hear how it's affected relationships, mm-hmm. you know, familial, your your boyfriend, your partnership. That's a lot. So yeah. wherever you want to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe like because we just talked about the mm-hmm. overwhelm, let's start there. How did that shift? Yes. So after my rent, I did four Evox sessions. So after that month of Evox, I, it was like a slow and steady shift, but every day I started to feel like the minute changes and the trust the, building. Yeah. Like, the trust. Oh, and, okay. and I think what was most apparent after my Evox sessions was I do not have enough trust for myself. Like I don't, one, I don't protect myself enough and I don't trust myself enough. So I really started to focus on that after and I really started to have an inner dialogue with myself of well what does trust look like with me like how do I embody that in my life and how can I start doing that for myself so that I can start being that for the people in my life as well and it really all started it goes back to those daily tasks Mm -hmm. and that kind of exercise that I did I was very like intentional about everything I was doing for the day. So if I set a to-do list for myself, I had a strict rule with myself of, am I putting 15 things on my to-do list today because I really, really need to get those done? Or am I doing it because I just want to try and make myself feel good about Mm -hmm. being successful and being ahead of the game? And having that dialogue with myself really helps me understand that a lot of times, like, I'm purposely overwhelming myself. Like I'm purposely putting myself into this cycle where I'm promising things to myself and I'm promising and I'm over delivering. And then, and I get excited because I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm I'm about to have such a productive day. That excitement all the way back to the disappointment when I inevitably don't get it done. So having just that inner dialogue with myself the first couple weeks after those Evox sessions, I think inherently just, started to make me think differently and when I would do things I I wouldn't do it out of like go 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 I need to get this done I need to get this done I'm like I'm finishing this I'm completing it and I'm going to do it the way I want to and I'm going to feel good about it mm-hmm. and then I will move on to the next task and there's just so many there were so many points in this past year where I was again working so half-ass on things that I never felt good about anything I did and now 
even if I'm not completing everything that I need to in the day, I feel so good about the stuff that I am completing and mm-hmm. I feel great. And I, I now just have a trust with myself again because I've seen through myself, oh yeah, I can get things done. Like this, this is not a crazy thing about me. Like I'm not lazy. I'm not um, incompetent. Like, no, this was just a limiting pattern that I had. And I slowly needed to break it down instead of going from zero to 100 every other day. Um, So I think that is the biggest effect I've seen. Um, Also in terms of like my self-talk to myself, like I'm very, I'm a lot more gentle with myself now and I think I give myself a little bit more grace than I used to. I'm still working on it Mm -hmm. and it's a work in progress every day and some days are better than others, but I'm really starting to feel really content with myself and how I work and how I start to view productivity now and just again like now that I have a little bit of trust with myself again it's just boosted my confidence so so much Mm. especially in the areas what we were talking about before like with my family with my partner with my boyfriend um and just with other friends like I'm feeling so much more open to doing things now like before I was so closed off again I would not complete the things I wanted to for the week so I wouldn't go out to lunch with my friends or I wouldn't do x y and z with my boyfriend I wouldn't watch a movie with my mom because I felt that like uh like I didn't earn this I didn't earn this I need to work in the weekend now because I didn't finish anything during the weekend (laughs) and now I'm so much more like no the weekends are for myself Truly the things on my to-do list, I'm not like a CEO of like a Fortune 500. <laughs> like that, it all, and I, I kind of repeated my that to myself a lot the past couple of months. Like <laughs> the jobs that I have right now and the auditions that I do and the work that I do and the things that I write, this is like, it's, it's so important to me and it really cultivates my creativity. But I... I'm not curing cancer like this is not like a stressful thing that it needs to be like it can be a light fun um rewarding experience for myself I don't need to make it like if I have the deadlines of like Wall Street people Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. um so as soon as that kind of clicked in with my relationships I've just felt so much more light and I like to go out to dinner with my friends now and I'll talk to people on the phone again and I'm way more responsive to texts now and um I'm so much more open to the ideas of like being spontaneous and going on a fun adventure and 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 not letting myself restrict uh the experiences I can have just because I feel bad about not completing something or not promising something to myself so yeah and and then I think the the last note on that is um making sure I don't over deliver to myself and really listening to my body if I know that the day is going to be stressful and I'm just not feeling good and I can only really complete a few things today then that is what it is Mm -hmm. and that's okay and I'm going to give my body what it needs because I know in Two days from now, I may be feeling really good and I'm going to get 10 things done because I'm just on in. And, you know, and as a woman too, hormonally, like we go through different changes in our body throughout the month. And I've been kind of adhering to that as well. Like my body is feeling tired on some days and on some days I'm feeling really energetic. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's just so huge because you went from, I have all these expectations. I'm not following through. Then I beat myself up. Now I'm punishing myself. I'm isolating from friends and family yeah to now I set more realistic goals Mm -hmm. 
if I don't meet them all, I still have grace. I still care for myself. And if I see that there's a day where I'm, I need to lower the load a little bit, I actually can do that. Mm -hmm. I can do that with grace. I can do that with joy. I can do that with peace Yeah. rather than being anxious all day that I'm not going (laughs) to be able to get it done. It's just so huge. It seems so small when we talk about these things, but when you think about feeling that and carrying that anxiety, that nervousness, that self-judgment every single day, what a weight. Oh my God. What a weight. And I think as we're talking about this specifically, we hit it from a couple different angles. One is why am I so overwhelmed? Why am I so exhausted? Why is my body in such dis-ease? We got to some of the deep core emotional turbulence Mm -hmm. that was contributing Mm -hmm. but then we also got really practical and gave ourselves some present day tools yeah to shift things which i just i i look at me i like get so excited about this (laughs) okay i do want to touch on one thing with your boyfriend because you Mm -hmm. had said i know you had said before that you were just on edge all the time because of the false promises from childhood yeah even though that is not him at all Mm -hmm. he has never done that your boyfriend has never done that Mm -hmm, to you mm -hmm. it was like every moment of every day you were hyper vigilant for that moment to come yeah yeah oh my god so i and i also feel like too you know my false promises in my life mostly came from men in my childhood and into my teenage years and so on and so forth um And because of those false promises, I started to develop as a child this hypervigilance of like waiting for the other shoe to drop at all times. And not even just with false promises, with emotions. Um, I sometimes, I I grew up around some adults that were very, um, it would be one emotion and then a completely different emotion the next. And and that's how my my father was like. Um, So... As a kid, I was constantly on guard to see if there was like an emotional shift. And if there was emotional shift, I would read it immediately. And I'd be like, okay, what's wrong? I did something wrong. Something, I need to fix this. Mm. And it it has gone on literally up until now. Like I, and I'm still really, really working on it where my friend or my boyfriend like just has like a shift in energy and they're just not feeling that great anymore. I immediately take that on for myself and I'm like, I did something wrong. Something's going on. Uh oh, uh oh, red alert. This is not going well. And and same thing with the false promises. If I felt an ounce of something maybe not working out, it would just send me into a spiral of dysregulation. And I would just break my own heart just thinking of all the things that could go wrong. And specifically with my boyfriend, up until meeting him, I had been in that vicious cycle. And then the universe gave me him, mm. <laughs> who was so patient and so kind and so just loving and understanding and I I had never really had a male person like that in my life and so I was so used to the other things that it took me months to like and this was like an internal battle Mm -hmm. this was this was it never really erupted into um really any arguments or or big uh confrontations with each other it was so internal I was I would have this internal debate of like oh my god this man is so nice and he loves me so much and why is nothing bad happening? Mm. Like, why am I not feeling like I need to read every emotion he's feeling? Um, and I would try to because I would be like, what's wrong? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And it, it would never be anything. It's just it was more to do with his own emotions and what's going on in his life than it was to do with me. And, and the moment I realized that, 
so much more ease came into my part of the relationship and what I had to offer because I was no longer worried about oh am I potentially upsetting this person am I potentially too much for this person am I too anxious to that to this like and I, I started to shift it and realize one like if someone has an emotion uh, an emotional shift from like happy to sad or angry it's it doesn't have anything to do with you a lot of the times. And if it does, that person will tell you and that person will make it known to you like, hey, I'm angry or hey, I'm not feeling that good because of X, Y, and Z. Like you don't have to solve or try and analyze every emotion that comes your friend's way, your partner's way, your mom's way, your sister's way. Like you, that is a huge burden to place upon yourself. So I think especially the past few months I've been so much more at ease because I'm just way more confident about like you know what like I'm so deserving of a patient love and I'm so deserving of a grandiose beautiful love that I don't need to worry anymore if someone is going to betray me or someone's going to promise me something and over deliver or not deliver at all or I don't have to worry anymore that there are people in my life that will be mad at me or be angry and then not tell me what's wrong or, you know, be really passive aggressive with me. Like that was in the past Mm -hmm. and I've worked on it so much now that I am no longer attracting those people in my life. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And there's a couple things we're going to point out here. One it just is such a clear, clear example of how the brain is just always trying to go, here's what happened in the past. Yeah. Therefore, this is probably what's going to happen in the future. Right, right. Yeah. And so it starts to just look at, you know, in your case, looking at your boyfriend through the same lens that you were looking at your dad through childhood mm-hmm. and just waiting, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And I do think over time, slowly, slowly, even as you're saying, that can start to shift just from pure life experience giving you new messages. However, I think when we got in with Evox and started clearing out the unresolved emotions, mm-hmm. the beliefs that came out of those false promises from childhood, you were able to go, one, I didn't deserve that. Yeah. I don't deserve that going forward. Mm-hmm. And my, your, I think your brain was finally able to see, oh, that's not what's going on here. This is a completely different person. A hundred percent. And I I had to almost learn throughout the past year that people are like, no one person is the same as another person. Like everyone is different. And also too, I think the biggest breakthrough for me was as I was really talking about those false promises in Evox and that feeling of not trusting myself and all of those things the patterns that I developed from my dad as a younger kid, I I started doing to myself. And the moment I started to adjust those things and started to have more trust in myself, I started to have more trust in other people. Mm. And I felt like more people could trust me too on being more timely and being more like assertive and being more consistent, um, consistent and confident with yeah. our relationship or whatever is going on. Yes, there's a couple things I want to highlight. One, we again hit it from a couple angles. Mm -hmm. It's can we go back and release the emotions that my six, seven, eight-year-old self just didn't have the capacity to sit with and acknowledge and process? I really do believe it. I just have seen it so many times now that 
the unresolved, the repressed emotions make it so hard. There's something about those that keep our brain, keep our neural pathways locked in those old loops. Yeah. And when we can go back and release what is unresolved and unprocessed, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like the brain is ready. It's ready to take on some new information. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I think the other piece of it is, so not only did we expand your brain to go, oh, this was true with this person, but maybe it's not true with all people. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not true with my boyfriend at the Mm -hmm. time. But I think we also started to create such a sense of safety within you that even if it were to turn out to be true with your boyfriend, Mm -hmm. There's a safety now. There's a foundation now that's been established now that you are showing up for yourself and that you have this self-worth knowing I didn't deserve that then. I don't deserve that now. I see me. I hear me. I protect me. And of course, it would be painful. We're not saying it wouldn't be painful, but I think it's twofold. One, you're able to go, oh, that's not what's happening here. But even if it did, I feel so much safer in that I'm an adult I have autonomy I will be able to carry on a hundred percent yeah and I I think too I kind of realized throughout this whole process that subconsciously I had a distrust with people and and not on purpose like and not with like for any reason with my family or my friends or or my significant other it was more of like I just had that inherent like oh gosh like things can just turn around really fast and you have to be prepared and now that's just not my narrative anymore. I'm like, it's it's sometimes that happens and then sometimes it doesn't. And I'm well equipped for both of those scenarios. And I am at a point in my life now where I'm able to attract people and things around me that don't give me those false promises and that don't give me that self-sabotage or manipulation. Like I am so confident now that I'm attracting people who are in line with my values and what I want for myself and what I want to give to others that I'm no longer afraid of maybe like distrusting a friend or feeling like I can't um trust like co-workers or you know I can't trust myself in an audition or, or whatever it is like I feel so much more at ease now with the confidence that I've grown the past couple months like I got it it's all mm. good and I don't have to like prep myself beforehand. I can just do life and whatever. I'll figure it out later. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it crazy though how some of these limiting beliefs become self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. in the sense that either we we believe all people are distrust, you know, like not trustworthy. And yeah. so we start attracting people who aren't trustworthy mm-hmm. or vice versa. You know, maybe we believe people aren't safe. So I never open up. I never let people in and I almost keep them in that box so that they can't prove that they are a safe person. Right, right. And I, I, I've said it once and I'll say it again. I really do feel like my boyfriend was such a blessing in my life because he is such a person that made me realize like, oh my God, I don't have to, I don't have to like guard myself from you. Like I can be as open as I want to be and that will never be like, um, a bad thing like it's it's and he was really the catalyst for me to start figuring out like oh okay I have like an inherent distrust with every every person like how can I reclaim that and change that narrative Mm -hmm. okay last one and then we'll close out with one final question so work Mm -hmm. how has this affected work I know one of the things we said at the beginning is maybe we had some self-sabotage we had some inconsistency with I'm not Um, filming the auditions I should I'm not responding to these emails Mm -hmm. I'm not responding to these emails frequently 
what's shifted there? Oh my God, I'm so much more open now. Like I'm just so much, I think I, I touched on this before, but a year ago I was so adamant about only pursuing the one thing that I had been planning on pursuing for years. And it was really starting to mess with my head because acting is a hard profession and it's it's you're basically the freelancer so I could book something and then I won't book something again for another six months and it's not because of me or my skills or my talent it's just that's just sometimes how the industry is is especially with how young I am and just starting out in the business um and I would immediately start to close myself off from any other opportunity writing directing producing being someone's assistant, like anything in that realm in the industry. I'm like, no, I am an actor and that is what I'm doing. And now I am just so much more open and I'm writing again and I'm open to potentially line producing, just like so many different avenues that I wasn't even thinking about a year ago. And a lot of that has to do with my again my trust in myself again the confidence in my feel that I feel myself again and reminding myself that I'm allowed to pursue multiple things and they don't have to be these false promises I give myself Mm -hmm. like I am allowed to pursue different things in my career and I don't have to feel like so pigeonholed the way I used to and it, it it's it's similar to the daily tasks thing where yeah. I would get so hard on myself if I wasn't like striving so hard for the one thing I wanted and mm-hmm. now I'm the fact that I'm just more open to any sort of work opportunity it's allowed me ironically enough to get more auditions <laughs> and it's allowed me to network with so many new people um And it's interesting because I didn't think false promises in my work life had an association, but it really did because the false promise was the root of so many different avenues of my life. Mm. And the, the effect of that was the distrust I had with myself of potentially pursuing something else, going a different avenue. And, and yeah, so it's, it's been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it is wild. I've, I've said it before in other platforms that I really do believe, of course, we all have a number of wounds from mm-hmm. childhood, from life, but I really do believe we all have, you know, three or so core, core wounds that are creating and affecting just about every area of our life. And when we start to clear those out, not only does it, like there's some really obvious ways it shifts things positively, but then there's also all, it's like all of these other little things just start to naturally shift too. And we just see what an impact it's having on everything. Okay. Oh, the one funny thing I'll say is I remember in, um, I think it was like our third or fourth session, you were like, you know what's crazy is after every Evox, all of a sudden I get a slew of auditions that come my oh, way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it, it still happens. And like, I've even noticed too, like even on the days that I'm kind of feeling like, oh, man, I haven't really gotten an audition in a while, but you know what? It's fine. I'm going to keep working on this. I'm going to keep doing my thing. The next day I'll get an audition. And it's so interesting how the universe kind of rewards you for just having a trust with yourself and just trusting like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to keep going. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it is, it is funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question. And I think this is just helpful. Have you done other emotional wellness, mental health type modalities or therapies? And can you talk about 
how your experience with Evox has been different. And the one thing I'll just quickly say is this is not to say that Evox is better than those. I think Mm -hmm. every single thing out there has a place, whether it's meditation, talk therapy, EMDR, there's so many amazing things. I just think it's helpful because a lot of people maybe have experienced something like talk therapy. Yeah. And to be able to hear Mm -hmm. from your perspective what is different, I think can help give people a clearer picture too. Yeah. So I've... (laughs) I've done all types of therapy. (laughs) I've been in therapy since I was five um, because of the anxiety I had as a kid and uh, my relationship with food uh, was very much connected with my anxiety. So I've actually, no, I'm lying to you. I've been in therapy since I was seven, but when I was five, the anxiety started to kind of physically manifest. Um, Yeah, so since I was seven and I had done talk therapy up until last year when I did Evox with you, I did a little bit of EMDR, um for a couple years during college and I love talk therapy I think it's great and it has helped me so much throughout my life and just being able to handle and access certain emotions um but the one thing that I found uh that I struggled with with talk therapy is that I would finally like reach that point that pinnacle of like oh my god this is what I've been feeling and this is the trauma that happened and this is whatever and then oh my hour's up and now I have to go back into my car and like we'll talk about it next week and I I would leave my sessions like crying not because I had a bad session but it was more like holy shit I just had this huge epiphany and now I don't really know what to do with myself Mm. um and when I started going to Evox it was I felt so much lighter I feel so much lighter in my Evox sessions because you're really good at guiding throughout Evox and helping get to the root cause. But what's so great about that biofeedback technology is that I'm getting, I can feel myself getting soothed while I'm in the session. So instead of crying in my car after my session, I actually feel like, okay, I've talked it through. Like I feel good. I, I don't feel like a huge pressure in my chest. Like I actually feel like I've released, especially when I have an emotional release, Mm -hmm. like I feel lighter and I just feel like I can breathe a little bit deeper not to say I'll never go back to talk therapy because I really do love that and I think also too Evox is a great modality to use if you use talk therapy and you're like all right I got this I figured this out let's release it now Mm -hmm. um so I think together they're so great but I I think specifically with with Evox what makes it so different from the other modalities is that you are getting that soothing regulation in your body as you're talking through these emotions and as you finish your session Leanne is helping you with questions to bring you back into that neutral stasis where you where you feel better mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I love Evox <laughs> <laughs> well that was unbelievable that was amazing I cannot wait for others to get to hear this thank you so of so course. much you're such a gem thank you love working with you and I am just so ecstatic for everything first of all all that's changed and shifted even since the start of this year yeah yeah but of course just everything that is to come for you as well thank you